Hey everyone, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, I'm Ty Tuesday, and with me is Kuvo. Hello. Vickis. I think that's me. And Serene Dragon. Hello. Hi, uh, we're doing uh, episode 16, 17, and 18, despite the fact that I once again have incorrectly numbered my notes, <laughs> despite everything. I somehow named them 15, which in <laughs> retrospect... I don't even know how I got there. So, uh, it's not like that was even your episode to take notes on last time. <laughs> no, it was not. Can't confirm. That was yours. I think that was the one that I was supposed to take notes on, but we forgot. I can't remember. Good anyway. Lord. Either way, not correct. Uh, we've got three really dense episodes coming up, though. Like, holy moly. Yeah, these um, ones uh, set up the plot for the rest of the back half of the series. So plot happens yeah. setting up. Like... Considering yeah. the status lot, quo has been obliterated, mm-hmm. a lot of very big things happen, and some of it is um, almost dismissed in a very casual way. That's like, hmm, this is deeply concerning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you may think that now, but like the series does a decent job of setting up plot points, maybe not dwelling on them immediately, but coming back to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if we want to go into episode 16 here, um, we see, uh, I even have a note for myself before this one. This episode is really good on its uh, sound cues. Um, it's obviously hard to portray this in a podcast format, but um, watching these episodes, me in particular, I was listening to the different sound cues. They very deliberate in their absence of sound, particularly for this episode. Yes. So we open up to some heavy breathing and a heartbeat. Uh, Hachi's eyes are darting around inside of his helmet. His monitor's all fucked up. His computer's not working. He's obviously in trouble. Uh, he's floating alone through space and just shouting over here, and he's panicking. And then we get to see the opening, so that's cool. Good way to start <laughs> the, the episode. these two is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I saw this, and I was just like, oh, he's having a nightmare. This is just the literal worst thing that can happen in space, so he's having a nightmare. And, uh, 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 oh, no. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Hachi. So after the opening, <sighs> we see in a hospital fees, uh, hands are, like, in her... She's like on a bench, just like hands and head, and she's like really sad. And Yuri's trying to console her, saying it's not her fault. It was a solar flare. They didn't know it was going to go. Um, we see a flashback of this happening, like the solar flare and Hachi outside and getting hit by it and stuff. Uh, she's the captain, so of course she's blaming herself, saying that you know they're worried about the radiation. He could be you know got a deadly dose. He could have been turned out. into a super mutant by now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the nurse comes out, and we hard cut, and Hachi's perfectly fine. And he's, like, even happy-go-lucky about it. And he says that he was super lucky because, like, I guess he was behind Earth during the worst of it. And, and like, between, between the Van Allen belts, like, one in a million chance that he happened to be in the place where the charged solar particles wouldn't eviscerate him. That's Hachi yes. for you. Yeah, so he's laughing it off, and he thinks he's the luckiest man alive. And Fee's super pissed about this because, like, she was deeply concerned. And, um... Yeah, Tanabase just starts well, crying, completely relieved. Well, well, specifically, she yells at him because, and holy shit, this is the most Hachi thing. Hachi did a Hachi move where, like, they missed a piece of debris, and they were like, all right, no big deal, that happens once in a while, we'll go back. He decided to be like, no, I'm going to go be a hero and go out and get it on his own, and uh, a solar, solar flare, flare happened, and it turned out... Since he went out without his lifeline and ignoring all these different checks and, like, didn't have fuel proper, didn't have people have eyes on him, like, all this stuff, doing his normal Hachi hero thing, it just didn't work this time. <laughs> and it turns out there's a very high price for pulling hero shit when it doesn't work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Tanabe starts crying relieved. Uh, she thought he was going to die, and uh, Hachi gets embarrassed because, obviously, they're starting to feel more about their feelings for each other, so he apologizes a bit. 
Uh, we cut to Earth in a car. This is like a huge limo. Um, there's a whole bunch of like these VIP types from Technora talking about the new uh, vice president position. Whenever they uh, make a future car, by the way, it always has six wheels, I've noticed. Yeah, two front <laughs> wheels. It's got to be awesome. Yeah, so um, they're talking about Dolph being the top candidate for this new vice president condition, but the third division guy from uh, episode 14 is there, and he's saying, like, oh, Dolph is unconventional. Like, he he's gets the results, shithead dad. Doesn't know yeah. about harmony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, this conversation turns, and it looks like the third division leader guy's got to get promoted instead. They're going to play some corporate politics real hard to uh, get Dolph undolphed. Yeah. Uh, on the moon, Hachi's saying it's a uh, Hachi saying that it's a uh, not lucky. Space loves him. That's Space why he was so just good. Loves me. Yeah. Oh um, my god. That's why I'm not irradiated. <laughs> Hachi, Hachi. People think that about the ocean, and then it kills them. <laughs> Usually, how it goes. Yeah. Uh, he starts talking about his life's ambitions and everything, but the nurse interrupts him. And is like, oh, listen, we got one more test, and uh, they go to the sensory deprivation chamber. Uh, as a note, this is a bit different than the ones you may have seen in like spas and whatnot. This is like a big, large room, um, the padded walls. Just a big empty room. Yeah. I'm like, uh oh, that's ooh, no, no, yeah. that's bad shit right there. So the tech says, well, don't worry about it. All you got to do is stay here. And the lights go off and it's completely silent. And we just kind of see a silhouette of Hachi just standing there. And he starts talking to him and stuff. It's like, oh, this is kid stuff. I don't have any problem. Uh, we cut to the control room where they're watching him. Tanabe's talking about her experience. Um, 15 minutes apparently is hard at first. But the EVA has got to do it for six hours to get their license. It's standard procedure. Uh, the techs immediately start realizing that Hachi's heart rate's like really climbing. And he's sweating and he's having trouble. And they can kind of see him in there. And he's like kind of clenching his throat and whatnot. Uh, this is space loss disorder. I guess it's like, you know, panic disorientation, hallucinations, all that bad stuff. Basically and PTSD in space. Yeah. 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 And like PTSD not due to like, you know, necessarily well, I mean, exposure to a post-traumatic horrible stress thing, disorder. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's exposure to specifically like being left in the void alone, possibly to die, <laughs> which, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um so Hachi is on the ground doubled over and they all run it all in and they get him. Uh, we cut the Hachi at a cafeteria with the three of them uh, being Tanabe, Yuri, and Fee saying that, you know, he's trying to pass it off as blame saying, oh, I was hungry. That's why, you know, it happened to me. It's very clear that he is like... He's, sh he's shook by this. Yeah. Like this yeah. is a problem for him that he did not see coming. Yeah. Uh, so he blames his hunger and he's stuffing his face with food. And I think he spits all over Fium by mistake or whatever. He's holding up a magazine to stop it. Yeah. Uh, so he goes off and tries it again. Uh, Tanabe, like after he leaves, Tanabe asks him if he's okay. And Yuri's like, well, it's up to him. It's a psychological deal. And yeah, they're kind of like, shitty about it in this episode. They're a little bit shitty about, oh, it's it's all in his head. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make it less real, though. He was in the void of space and yeah, thought he was, was going to die. Like, maybe they were just trying to say, like, matter-of-factly, it's a psychological thing that was in his head like that. I don't know if they meant any harm or demeaningness towards the mental problem, but... Anyway, um, Yeri was saying that, like, if he can't recover from this, his license revoked and his work as an astronaut's over. So that's probably why he's so terrified about the entire thing. Uh, we cut the Hachi in the chamber. Uh, he immediately gets tinnitus and his ears are ringing. Uh, and by the way, it gets louder throughout the scene. Yeah, they do a good job with the tinnitus. It made my ears hurt. Yes. <laughs> So he starts panicking. He starts feeling around for a wall and starts and like he falls into nothingness and like he starts screaming. Um, the techs stop the test and Tanabe is in the control room watching terrified. Uh, so he eventually gets transferred to a moon hospital for treatment. 
Uh, we cut to a coffee shop. Claire is telling Hakeem about Hachi's condition. Uh, he is not very optimistic about it, but um, she's more concerned than she's like trying to let on. Like she's trying to play it cool, but it's obvious that she still kind of has feelings for him in a way. Yep. At half section, uh, Ravi is switching around the schedule since they can't work, since their EVA guy's out. Uh, Fee and Yuri are going to go to the moon because they got nothing better to do, I guess, to go help Hachi recover. Um, Yuri starts packing for a moon trip. This scene's pretty great. So he's leaving the men's dormitory and like a bunch of like Hachi's friends, guys, plus Chen Sun is there. Uh, yep. They basically say like, can you deliver this care package? And the care package <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not only does it have like food and stuff in it, but it has like a porno mag that says hit bitch sexy on the front of All it. which caps. is Exclamation points. Exclamation points after each word. Hit yeah, absolutely phenomenal sexy. stuff. <laughs> God, I don't even know oh. what's in that thing. <laughs> anyway, um, we cut the fee. She's talking on the phone with Gagalt, and Hakim apparently filled him in on the condition. Uh, Gagalt says that uh, he knows something that will help uh, Hachi recover better than therapy, and if it doesn't work, then he will go and dismiss Hachi from the space being an astronaut himself. And we cut to the end of this conversation. Hachi's just kind of on the moon, staring at Earth, dazed, zoned out. Uh, on the moon, uh, he is continuing to be zoned out. Uh, Tanabe comes into the room talking about how the ninjas got the job testing the Von Braun engine or something. She said she ran into the ninjas and they got a job. And oh, <laughs> like I'm glad. Good job, ninjas. You got yourself some employment. Uh, who would fucking oh, hire man. those guys? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh, no, no, man. no, ninjas. Please, please go away now. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Well, That's I what like I said. Like, not well. knowing what was coming. I was like, please, no more ninjas. And the show hurt me. God. Yeah. So the intercom goes off. Um, he tells him it's ready to go. He's for his next testing. Uh, he apparently has been in rehab for two weeks. And, like, he gets out of bed. He's very determined. He has the headband on this time. Yeah. On his way to the test chamber, uh, Nono says hi and wishes him luck. In the test chamber, he puts on the headband. He's really pumped and ready to go. Uh, he starts talking, he's just telling himself that he's like, I'm taking the medication, I've done the rehab, and he's ready. So the lights go off, and immediately he starts hallucinating. Um, the He's on the beach on Earth, and it's near the ocean, and he sees a younger self, like, swimming in the waves and whatnot. Then he starts falling in the darkness again, and the rest of this episode is basically an inner monologue. Yep. Uh, he starts getting flashbacks of his life, seeing himself as, like, a kid, teen, and an adult. Uh, he then sees himself orbiting Earth and sees it as a spacesuit, like looking at Earth in orbit. And the other spacesuit just turns to him. And he says uh, something to the effect of, like, you felt it out there, the feeling that you might die, and it came as a relief. And we see back to episode one um, him yelling at. Sorry, my notes are all kind of fucked up here. Back so basically, one, we get a series of scenes from earlier in the show. Surprise! It's a clip show episode. <laughs> I guess, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, so in, we a, see a flash. in a very technical <laughs> sense, only that there, there are, are clips. There are many clips. <laughs> yeah, there are many clips in the show that I don't think that makes it a clip show. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the other the, the other spacesuit starts saying, um, you know, you felt it out there, I might die. It came as a relief. And it shows flashbacks to episode one of him saying, you know, if a man puts his mind to it, he can have a spaceship or marry. And then people talking about him owning a spaceship and everything. Uh, the person in the spacesuit says, that, like, oh, you'll never own a spaceship. And so he starts denying, saying that he can. And it's a flashback of him telling Tanabe that, like, oh, I'll never get one. I'm hopeless. I forgot which episode that was in. Uh, it was after one of the debris ones. 
Yeah, like there's early on. It was the end of a mission at some point, but they've had quite a few. Yeah. And like there's more clips of him defending his dream to people that were making fun of it. Yep. Um, the other self starts saying that, you know, um, it's good to stay in that dream world. It's not good to stay in the dream world because sometimes dreams are so big that they'll ruin a person. And uh, we start seeing, like, uh, the the other self says, like, you know how it always ends. And we see a whole bunch of montage scenes of the previous episodes where bad things are happening. The good people, like the suicide parents, the guy who killed himself on the moon, Tamara's EVA episode, the space coughing, Edelgard getting pimped out. The other says, like, know your limits. And there's a montage of people talking about, you know, their limits. Chen Sun saying that, like, oh, I can finally carry people on my spaceship. The Into brat saying, like, oh, you can never move up in this world. His bro telling him that, you know, he's settling for what he's doing right now. All these successful people chasing their dreams, and here he is in debris section. Yeah. And the other self says, you're just looking for an excuse. So the other self opens the visor, and it's Hachi, but he's, you know, very calm in there. And he's like, this is a sickness that you've wanted. And we start seeing montages of uh, different sorts of family conditions, like the space crews, the family that was there, his high school friend back on Earth starting a family. And Hachi gets really like, confused about this and then immediately cuts to Tanabe talking about her love for him, crying over dying alone in that one episode. Um, the other self says that Tanabe is good. He should go back to Earth with her and marry and grow old. And, and so we see a montage of them, you know, getting to know each other. It's all like reference back to, you know, his inner subconscious internalizing these sorts of things yep and so hachi tells him starts like getting defiant and starts telling him to shut up and the other self is just laughing at him responds as hachi hachi does yeah he's saying he wants the sickness as an excuse saying quote i didn't give up my dream it's just a condition it's my fault it's not if it wasn't for that i could have had a spaceship so like his internal self realizes that he's using this condition as a i don't know crutch get out of spaceship free card yeah he didn't reach his dreams but it's not his fault yeah, and so Hachi is, like, having this intense internal realization of why this is happening to him. And then the other, his other self is saying, you know, this is for the best, and Hachi is completely in denial. And the other self says, space may not love you, but it will forgive you. So Hachi has lost it at this point. He grabs the other self in the spacesuit and headbutts it, but we cut out to the lights coming on, and it's the chamber door to the uh, deprivation chamber. And I gotta and, say, if yeah. you have a like a padded chamber making the door out of metal seems like a mistake <laughs> yeah, yeah also you're, you're like correct. what a brutal hallucination to like aim him specifically at the one place that is not padded like, yeah damn, really that's deep. <laughs> his inner I mean, self is a dick <laughs> yeah this uh this whole monologue i mean i tried to go over pretty quickly but it goes on for a good portion of the episode it's, and it's kind of brutal yeah. and how it just kind of tears hachi down from his life goals yep well, it is what the show's been saying this whole time, especially like his brother telling him outright, but yeah. him denying from, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't apply to the Von Braun mission. They never take a space hauler kind of thing. Yeah, he's he always looking. been like this. This is just it actually saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, his excuse for not trying to go any farther in life than he wants to. So he knocked himself out on the door. The doctors are yelling, trying to get medical attention. Tanabe is panicking. Um, I should notice that I should have said this at the beginning during this entire monologue, there's some really quiet, like saxophone, sorrowful saxophone music going and like it gets louder and louder until it like crescendos at the end of this entire conversation when he hits his head on the door. So again, good sound mixing here. Uh, We cut to um, pictures of earth, some flowers, and eventually we land on Hachi in a bed in a hospital in a daze. Uh, Tanabe enters the room and she's kind of pensive about the entire thing. She's trying to be cheerful and she says like, oh, your rehab is working. 
Um, you could be in there for a whole 20 minutes the last time. And then she you know, like stops herself. You had a herself. bit of a breakdown, but. Yeah, like she says, like, you were in there 20 minutes last time. And then she like realizes, oh, shit, that isn't really a good thing to say to someone. And he, you smashed your head against the exit sign. That's, that's progress, right? <laughs> yeah, so she changes the subject and says that Fee and Yuri are coming to, you know, give him support. And then, like, she kind of goes into this, like, I don't know, monologue saying that, like, maybe it would be better if you went to Earth to get help. There's better, like, stuff down there. And, like, her saying go to Earth snaps Hachi out of it. And, like, he starts listening to her. And she starts saying, like, you know, I'm thankful for your tutorship. And, like, if if you leave and have to go to Earth, I can continue on with EVA work since you, yeah. you know, taught me so You're well. Like, it's fine. I know how to use the fishbone. You taught me super good. You can go home. It's no big deal. Like, totally trying to console him, like, assuming the worst like that this is yeah. not going to happen because everything so far has pointed to it is probably not going to happen yes. yeah. yeah like it's a pretty fair assessment yeah it's also clear that this is like a very practiced speech like she knows she's she's ready for him to pull a hachi about this but yeah maybe she's not for to, what he actually does yeah she's trying to temper her like conversation to make it you know gentle for him but uh as she's saying that she looks over and he's not in his bed anymore. He's gone. She didn't hear so. a thing. <laughs> the man yeah, is so. a ninja himself. <laughs> he did become a ninja briefly in that mm-hmm. episode. So yeah, maybe he got some tricks. So we go to the hospital's front desk. A few and Yuri are checking in. Uh, Tanabe runs over saying he's missing. So everybody starts looking. Uh, they run into Nono and ask him if uh, she's seen him. And she's like, well, maybe he's over there, referring to that airlock she went to, God, how many episodes ago? Yeah, they're like, he didn't go out the main building, so where could he have gone? And she knows that there is another exit. There's a yeah. lot of stuff like that in these three episodes. Like, stuff that was in earlier episodes, very briefly, that, like, makes a reappearance. Yep. Yeah. Pays off The ninjas for a start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so yeah, Hachi, of course, went out the secret airlock and he's on the moon in a spacesuit running and he's talking to himself saying like, I won't get better on earth. I need to stay up here. And so like the three of them had donned their own spacesuits and got a space car and are pulled up to him. Fiori and Tanabe. Yeah. So he says he wants to stay in space. Um, he doesn't want what he's worked so hard for to go down the drain. Uh, he's just, he's just kind of ranting at this point. Like he's not like really coherent. It, it definitely also feels like the old guy on the moon, dying on the moon kind yes, of it's very delirium like at the, this point. Yeah, it's very deliberate in its framing. It's like the exact same shots of like in profile that that old guy had when he was running on the moon before he killed himself. Yep. And the difference being like his friends show up and like kind of yoink him into the car and they're like, no, come on, man. Get in the car, <laughs> oh, loser. Yeah, man, no. yeah, and that's the yeah. gist of the next to the conversation. <laughs> Fee asks him if he's trying to, some stupid training or if it's suicide. And he brings up, she brings up the incident of the guy killing himself on the moon. And, like, she says, like, well, maybe that's better than a lifetime of angst and regret. And, like, he gets kind of, like, put back by this. And she's like, well, it's great that us team are here to help you prevent from that stupidity and stuff. So, like, she's trying to say, like, hey, your friends are here. Let them help you to him who is very stubborn. Yep. Uh, So we got to a huge warehouse. Apparently, Fee got permits from Gagal to go here because it's, like, off limits to most people. It's on Uh, the dark side of the moon. Yeah, they meet up with Hakim and Fee thanks him for helping show up. This big, like, bay door thing opens behind them, and they see the Tantamir engine. Um, this is a gigantic nuclear fusion engine. It's bigger than, I guess, the, like, the Saturn V or whatever. It's I hope you are big... ready for some science talk. Yeah, Yuri starts technobabbling about helium-3 fusion and stuff, and Hachi is just completely, like, amazed by the size of this thing. And as an aside, I have been to Houston Space Center. I have seen the Saturn V. It's gigantic, so... Yep. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's real big. I mean, it's supposed to be bigger than the Saturn V, so yeah. 
They're building it on the moon, which should give you a good idea. Well, they're building, um, as an aside, they are building two of these. One is in space up on the Von Braun. This is the test one on the moon. Yeah. There's two of them. But, um, yeah, so this is the engine that is, will be, you know, that is being made in the Von Braun mission going to Jupiter. Uh, Hachi walks over to this, like, very shiny mirrored component and starts, like, staring at himself intently. Um, the three of them just kind of, like, watch him do this. And Yuri's saying, like, astronauts will be needed in, you know, a lot, big quantities soon since, you know, humanity's trying to colonize Jupiter. Jupiter has all of the helium-3 we could possibly need. Yeah. It actually makes a sort of statement saying, like, all the helium on Jupiter will carry mankind into the 22nd century very easily. Um, Which, like, fair enough. There's a lot of Jupiter out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he touches the mirror and there's like a brief shot of some like electricity running through him. I don't know if that's metaphorical or not, but, uh, <laughs> It'd be pretty funny if he just fucking <laughs> electrocuted himself and died on live wire. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the, uh, the, uh, sensory deprivation chamber again. Uh, he's very calm and patient now. He's obviously changed a bit. Uh, the others show up saying that like, um, sorry, the lights go out and he starts his test. The other version of him shows up saying that he's different and asking what he's going to do. Hachi says that uh, something occurred to him. The people who built the engine had to fight their own demons. Everybody who's been in the space has to fight their own demons in order to continue pushing, you know, the boundaries. He says moving around and blind through the dark and trying to find a way, you know, everybody's had to do that at some point in their life. Hachi says that he thought that he would have to fight this other person for the rest of his life. But now he realized that I'm going to have to live and accept that you're there. And this is always going to be on the back of my mind. So the other seems satisfied with his answer. Says like, "I'm gonna go for now, but I'm gonna come back when you least expect it." And then no, the uh, that's chamber... not foreshadowing. <laughs> no, that's never not gonna at all. happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, the chamber light comes on. The test is over. Tanabe runs in and embraces him, and she's very happy and crying. And uh, he just kind of stares over her shoulder while she's hugging and uh, says that he's ready for this other person to come back. Yeah, it's clear he's not really paying much attention to her, which is going to be a theme, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, he might um, not quite I, be over his uh, PTSD. I just love that, like, yeah, the show, <laughs> it's like, just a reminder, stuff happens and consequences are permanent in this show. Like, oh, right boy. Before it ends. We're, we're like, going to get like, some consequences. <laughs> I, I mean, I do like Holy that. Like, a lot shit. of shows just kind of, like, brush off shit like this. And, you know, traumatic. Oh, no, for sure. It's just, like, really funny how they, like, blatantly at the end, they're just like, just remember, like, this show, it counts. <laughs> like, uh, this will be on the exam. <laughs> All right, so uh, episode. Oh my god, seventeen. 17. I sorry. I was gonna I let you do it. Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers are seventeen. Hard. I do. I look at my notes. I'm like, there's sixteen and eighteen and fifteen. That means. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we open up, and there's a. Um, a businessman for the Jupiter Project, kind of an inventor man. I don't know his name, and I don't intend to learn it's it It's Warner now. Locksmith. He's important. You shouldn't learn his name. But he's the bastard. <laughs> he's, the <laughs> he's also yes. maybe like the second most interesting character in the series, in my opinion. Oh, he's the worst guy. <laughs> he's definitely a bastard. So, yeah. So, um, what was his name? What can we shorten it to? Locksmith. Locksmith. They call he's Locksmith, right. and he's a locksmith. Think of him as the key to the Jupiter mission. It's a, it's a very George Lucas name. Don't think about it too hard. 
But why did George Lucas name his fictional music Jizz? And why is there an instrument called the Jizz Box and he the named, Plume Sounder? He named the guy they called on the radio Lando in order to land their plane. Don't think about it too hard. It's, yeah. You ever think about Sebulba? name. Well, anyway. We anyway. need Sebulba for the Von Braun project. God. So yeah, Locksmith is uh, like looking around for uh, what is we the audience know is Hachi's dad, um, who is being hidden by um, Gigalt, Hachi's mentor. Yeah, and (laughs) so he's just kind of like they they shoot the shit a little bit, and he's like, yeah, you know, I only help you out because you know I owe you from back in the day, and we stole sausages on Mars together, which. What? Yeah, Galt <laughs> says this to Hachi's father after he comes out of hiding when Locksmith left. And yeah, Locksmith. I just wondered, yeah, like, I just wondered, like, do they have pigs on Mars? Or did they <laughs> ship the sausages there? <laughs> well, sausages yeah. would probably be the easiest thing. They do keep for a while. Preserved than most people. Yeah. And I mean, you That's could true. use the pigs to find truffles on Mars, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mars truffles, yes. Yeah, the most delicious. Uh. So uh, we cut to Hachi running on a treadmill. Um, he's inspired by power of cool space engine. He's got that, that electricity saw. running through him now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Tanabe walks in and just multiple times is like, Hachi. Hey, Hachi? Hachi? And like then kind of like creeps up. And the animation is really good because it's like kind of a low detail model of Tanabe. Yes. And she like kind of like stalks up and then just like slaps him on the back. And he like freaks out. And she just mentioned, she's like, I've been trying to get your attention for a while. And he's like, hmm, what? And he's like, that's not treadmill safety. Yeah, he's running on a treadmill and she slaps him on the back. And he almost like stumbles and eats shit on the treadmill before like jumping up on the bars. (laughs) Well, considering what she said, maybe he deserved to eat shit. (laughs) True. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he mentions, oh, I'm working on my endurance. They say I focus too much on weights for astronaut training. And she's like, hey, uh, we had a date. And he's like, oh, crap. Uh, yeah. Well, let me go get ready. Sorry about that. We'll go get. And she's like, don't bother. We already missed the whole thing. <laughs> like, how long have you just, been you... running, dude? Yeah. Holy shit, man. He deserves to um, eat some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we cut to Tanabe and uh, Lucy, I believe, talking. Yep. And <laughs> Lucy in the most classic Lucy fashion. Just God, fuck. this character. <laughs> just fuck yeah. already. Literally, she's like, she's like, so uh, why don't you just do it already? You know? Yeah, Tanabe's <laughs> so complaining Tanabe about him forgetting the date. And Lucy's like, have you fucked him yet? And like, just kind of out of the blue. And she like freaks out over it. <laughs> <laughs> and she even she's like. How long are you going to take to seal the deal already? It's been like a month and a half. And she's like, it's only a month and a half. And like uh, for a month of that, he had space PTSD. Like, what? <laughs> what? You can't blame me for that. And she's like, well, to him, it's probably been a whole month and a half. <laughs> you know, like that kind of discussion. Oh, it's Lucy. Yeah, Lucy definitely best. thinks that maybe Hachi is like ignoring her because they haven't had sex. Whereas we know that Hachi's ignoring her because like. He's married to space. He's marrying space right now. Moon yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moon cool, Jupiter cooler. <laughs> so uh, we cut to Hachi, uh, Shin, and the gang, and they're all drinking at one of the diners or whatever. Um, and they're discussing the Jupiter project and like how hard it is to get on. Like uh, uh, Shin mentions 
there's over a thousand applications like just from inside the company from the divisions directly related to the project. It's also kind of clear and, that they're talking to Chen Shin about it, but that suddenly Hachi has a ton of interest in it as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah Cheng Shin said earlier he was going to apply and like Hachi is listening intently about what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he mentions, he's like, well, won't it be hard, too, if you have to do it? It'll be, like, seven years. And Shin's like, yeah, it would be bad if I had, like, a girlfriend or whatever. But, like, I don't have that, so whatever. And Hachi's like, oh, that would be really shitty for a girlfriend to have her. The gears Mm. continue to turn (laughs) incredibly slowly. Hmm. This could relate to me in some way, shape, or form, but I'll get there eventually. Now I'm just thinking about the cool mirrors on the engine. Oh my god. Maybe if I ignore the problem, it'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> that always works for me. So we got to Claire talking to Hakeem. Um, she's they're just like at a uh, like random desk at the office and she's kind of explaining that like she's getting super shafted at work, like she's clearly gotten multiple demotions and whatnot. Um, kind of says, you know, she was making some mistakes, which clearly is from her being horribly overworked. Yeah. Like, uh, obviously, like we know this 110%. Yeah. There's no doubt in our mind. Yeah, it's not. But there's and, nothing um, that she can really do about that. Exactly. Yeah. Like she is just being totally fucked by bureaucratic nonsense. And um, she also mentions uh, she like couldn't enjoy the taste of the meat if she knew the peasants were starving in relation to like she was working so hard to get ahead and be like part of the upper class but then it seems like you know probably starting with the episode of um uh the guy who they were getting approved who ended up getting taken into custody due to his citizenship uh tomorrow yeah tomorrow yeah it, it seems like after that there's been like some thoughts about like you know oh it's hard to enjoy this when i know so much is you know Suffering being inflicted below yeah. me is why I can do this. Is you know? this the one where uh, Hakeem talks about his homeland? No, or is that a later? that's, that's later one. on. Okay. No, yeah. yeah, that's later. Yep. That's later. Yeah, as no, an this aside, is a quick little discussion. But this is yeah. what like kind of puts that in the like sets that. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting mm-hmm. to see Hakeem and Claire are are friends at the very least. Yes, yeah. they yes. have so many scenes together that it's just, that are just them talking in these episodes. Yeah. Additionally, the uh, Tamara incident started to put like the seeds of doubt into her about you know the class divide and yep. um, mm-hmm. yeah, this will be more important she cannot pull the ladder up behind her it turns out because it kind of sucks to do that yep yeah um then we cut to a meeting of said nobility (laughs) it's like literally out in a fancy garden party with a bunch of people and one guy who's wearing some shit that straight up looks like a wig like a like an old style judge wig like it's ridiculous his get up and um Basically being like, oh, to talk. well, those those lower class, what do we do with them? Oh, that, that nasty inventor man, that locksmith is causing so many problems. We need to get someone to, like, take care of him and make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. And uh, kind of along the line, a bunch of people, including the people who are being, like, shitty to Claire, if I remember right. Yes, yeah, this the is people like, from uh, the limo from the previous episode, basically. Yeah, these are this are paying off. Yeah, yeah. Tech North, and yeah. they kind of are, like hey, we're going to force Dolph to deal with this and, like, try and keep this guy under control. And so, yeah, like, they're like, this is kind of... They're like, we have to have someone competent, but not someone we like. Because this is mm-hmm. basically going to be a demotion. Yeah. How about that guy who was going to jump us in the VP position? We can't have someone stupid, because then they'll let the inventor man do stupid shit. But that it's a bad position we wouldn't want to give that to any of our friends so <laughs> yeah bye they're bye, completely fucking yeah. over Dolph right here yep yeah so uh then 
Uh, once again, Locksmith walks in, and this is him walking into the like Technora front desk again. Yep. Uh, he claims, "Hey, I'm looking for uh, hot, you know, Hachi," and talks to the front desk person a little bit. And you know, they mention, "Oh, he's in debris division." And they're like, "Oh, well, we can send somebody to talk to you. You know, you don't have to go into debris division." And he's like, "Oh no, it's fine. I'll just walk down. <laughs> like, I don't mind. Just it's give me fine. Direction. Bucket right there." It should be noted yeah, that uh, Locksmith is always being followed around by these two like yes men secretaries that are constantly telling him he's like late for his next meeting and he's just completely blowing these dudes off every single time. <laughs> so that he can mm. give a fucking villain speech. Oh, he's yeah. a right bastard. This <laughs> one. Wait. You don't need to like Locksmith, but I think he's no. one of the most interesting characters no, in the series. No, I don't think you're supposed no. to like him. No. <laughs> no. Not after what no. he says at the end of the episode. No. Uh, so... Then, before he decides to go in person, one of the two people he's with is just like, hey, by the way, did you want to, like, what was that you said about, like, doing a test increasing the output of the engine, like, beyond the, you know, safe thresholds we had established? And he's like, yeah, we need to test it at that height, you know, to make sure it's approved. So, like, just do it. And he's like, that's really dangerous, sir. Like, we probably need more precautions. He's like, it's fine. I'll take the blame if something goes wrong. I'll take full responsibility. And then signs off and walks away. This will definitely not have repercussions. Nope. <laughs> this was like, oh my god! Yeah, they're god, talking I about they know too, the, because it's they know what the theoretical limits are, but they don't know what the practical limits are. And the only way to test that is to actually test it. So, and Testing I just production. love this because to him, this is the most nothing one-off choice. Like they show yep. you the context of him making this decision, and yeah. just the complete lack of gravity he treats it with. Yep. Like, this is a decision that, you know, keep in mind, maybe it'll have some repercussions down the road. And uh, he just has such a laissez-faire attitude about it. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, safety protocols, whatever, it's fine. I don't think that's the... Op- like, I think he knows, like, how dangerous it is, but he just doesn't care because yeah. he knows that the mission has to press forward. Well, no, that's later what I'm on, saying. Yeah. Is, right. yeah, like, he treats it like it's nothing. Like, he treats it like it just doesn't matter at all because uh, he's a sick fuck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah... Um, so then we cut to uh, Claire doing uh, flight checks on a flight that like uh, Shin is uh, the pilot for, and he just makes mention of like, "Hey, flight checks are usually done by like new employees that are like really low on the totem pole. What are you doing here?" And she's kind of like, "Oh, you know, I." Uh, well, she doesn't say it. She just kind of <laughs> looks down. And he's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she, she's like, well, Claire, what about, you know, like, what are you going to do about it then? And she gives a speech about how, like, look, you know, Hachi would never give up. And she's like, he's the son of a famous astronaut. You guys literally don't get it. Oh, that's a later discussion. But, yeah, they, like, discuss their having different backgrounds and coming from, yeah, like, different mm-hmm. situations of just, like, Oh, you know, I couldn't read or write until I was like nine. Yeah, but I guess we can say we grew up the same. Yeah. Oh, that's with Hakeem later. Yeah. Oh, no, that's with Shin. No, it's with Shin, but it's well. a bit later on, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's a bit later on, yeah. Um. So then we cut to Rafi down in debris section, packing up a ton of the little company mascot dolls again, just the worst dolls, putting them <laughs> into like little gift bags. Um. Tanabe in the other corner, like, kind of quietly invites Hachi to a festival and, like, insinuates, like, oh, they also uh, have hotels and beds to s- spend the night. They could bring the and food they, like, up to our bedroom other. that we could be in alone. Yeah, there's, there's a really good shot here of after, after she says this to ta- uh, Hachi, Hachi just kind of looks at her and she's, like, staring straight ahead and then, like, kind of in the corner, yeah. Rai turns to look and see his reaction and then notices he's staring and looks straight ahead again. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, she's ready. <laughs> but... It's it's really good. Uh, so then Locksmith walks in and 
Hachi kind of fanboys out a little bit uh, about like, oh, you're the inventor of this, that, and the other. You know, you created this technology, that technology. You know, it's like just really singing his praises. And then Locksmith's just like, yeah, so um, do you know where your dad is? <laughs> Ruth is uh, like, it's... for fuck's sake, another person who wants my dad. God yeah. damn it. Because Hachi as well also celebrates. He's like, oh, you're like a huge part of the Jupiter mission. You know, you worked on the Von Braun engine, all this stuff. So like Hachi's obviously also getting a little worked up because he thinks yep. he got picked for the Jupiter yep. mission, even though it's been like a minute and he's done nothing and yeah he just trials haven't even started for it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like because he's because he's a doofus yep um and yeah so he's just like oh so you uh know, know where your dad is and uh says no and then uh locksmith explains like well uh you know i want to head engineer for my project and uh your dad was the you know one of the greatest engineers of all time and all this other stuff and basically talks how he like ran operations incredibly well just his dad's a legend. He also went to Mars uh, like seven times or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so then he walks out and he's like, well, if you uh, find him, uh, let me know. And walks out. And immediately, one of the mascot suits in the back just starts moving. And of course, Hachi's dad just pops out. It's pretty impressive <laughs> that Locksmith is able to like get within 10 feet of this man repeatedly. Several times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Hachi's dad, who we now know the name of uh, Goro, uh, explains he's been running from Locksmith uh, for just quite a while, and the dude's just been super persistent. Uh, Tanabe, like, kind of slips and makes it obvious that she's in a relationship with Hachi, and Goro just immediately makes the dumbest fucking face. Yeah, she introduces herself to Goro, and she I think she uses uh, Hachi's first name, and, like, in Japanese, that's, like, intimate relationship status, so, like, his father just looks Mm -hmm. over and gives him the eyes and he freaks out about it <laughs> and he's just like oh you're taking this little thing under your wing huh mm-hmm. and he, he's just like dad shut up please i'm dying <laughs> <sighs> um then uh hachi kind of like yells at him for not considering taking the position on the jupiter project just being like it's so important it's so much helium you know like that kind of thing like it'll be fuel for centuries to come the fate of humanity etc yeah, he's yeah, trying to talk it off as some grand journey or something. Mm-hmm. And then Goro declares that, nah, I'm going back to Earth. Like, this old saving the saving the fate of humanity, this is a young man's game. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so I now we get a very bubble, short... You know? <laughs> <laughs> now we get a very short <sighs> interstitial, maybe 15 seconds of the space ninjas i believe one of them still has face paint on it, like with helmets on working at the engine plant for the big von braun engine <laughs> the one that the guy was like hey we should put the output levels beyond the safe threshold they, they said boss so. wants us to run another test i guess yeah that guy's kind of ridiculous isn't he and it's super <laughs> happy go lucky we're super pumped to just be here and i'm like god damn it ninjas get out of here <laughs> There's there's a great line. One of the ninjas says, like, oh, yeah, the research team is here to run more tests. That must mean they catered some food, and they're all pumped to go get catered food. To be fair, on your day-to-day, when catered food happens... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Um, (laughs) So then we got to Claire and Shin. Uh, This is really, like, kind of discussing their backgrounds, and Claire mentions, yeah, like, hey, I didn't even... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Learn to read and write until I was, you know, like far beyond the standard age. So, like, you you don't really actually know how hard it was at the start. 
<laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Well, then Hachi's dad's a famous astronaut. So, like, yeah, maybe he's kind of a shit, but he can get away with it. Um. So then we have uh, Goro calling back home in, like, kind of a video phone booth that I sort of love. <laughs> it, it's pretty fun. <laughs> the pay phones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's telling the wife, like, oh, I'm coming home. And it, my favorite part is she's just like, yeah, like, you've been gone so long. Like, no one would mind if I had a couple affairs, right? And he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. right, my yeah, wife. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and, yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'll be coming home to retire. And she just, at the end, is like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> it's clear, like, it's very old, this very is how couple. this relationship has been. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my gosh! And then Hachi was like listening in around the corner, and like zoops in and is like, "How dare you finally put my mom over space?" (laughs) (laughs) Sure is a sentence. Uh, And then he has um, a speech where he's discussing a quote of, um, "What is it? It's like uh, Earth is humanity's cradle, cradle, but you can't." Yeah, it's the cradle of humanity, but you can't like live in the cradle forever. You have to leave eventually. It's a Oh, I'm trying to remember who the quote is by. It's uh, by that Russian rocket scientist I forgot the name of. It's not yeah. Tchaikovsky, but it's very close. <laughs> Tchaikovsky had cannons. Uh, he, that's a bit different. Right. <laughs> but more or less, uh, Goro is just kind of explaining like, yeah, you know, that's a big inspirational thing. Yeah, man, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's all, that's all nonsense. And like, he was it's, like, it's, they, he was basically fooling all the people he got in to believe in his dream by saying that it was all of humanity's dream was really the big thing. Tielskovsky, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so now we cut to one of the, uh, I believe it's like an airport or a research base. It cuts between a few different locations on the moon. Uh, and what we realize is there's like been some massive tremors detected and, uh, it's causing issues. Like they cut to an airport and they're explaining like, Oh, Hey, flights are going to be delayed for a bit. We're having some really weird seismic activity. You know, we're going to look into it. We'll, well keep like you updated. neutrinos and shit in earth's orbit suddenly. Yeah. And also like communication yeah. has been gone out with the backside of the moon. Not good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, inside the control offices, uh, we see locksmith getting handed a phone uh, he just kind of picks it up and is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, I'll take all responsibility, not a problem, okay, bye-bye. And then he turns around and he's just to his two guys, he's like, I need a press conference, uh, that engine I said I would, uh, that we should test by running over safe levels, uh, it blew up and caused about two trillion dollars in damage, uh, oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> Which, it is said in the oh most no. nonchalant kind of way yeah, because it's of course like he kind of knew that this is this was going to be the outcome. It also killed everyone there, um, which includes the ninjas and show. I I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> when I said I didn't yeah. want to see the ninjas anymore. Oh, you thought- Oh, you thought you didn't like the ninjas, huh? How much did you not like them? Did you not like them this much? No, Are you no, sure? no, I didn't. I actually didn't hate them enough to want them to die. No, I guess. In a horrible space engine test accident on the day they thought they were going to get Einstein Brothers bagels. <laughs> oh, this fucking show. No, I would have wished a happier fate upon the ninjas. Maybe. 
Oh God! And so yeah, they're kind of like walking away, and the guys even you know they're like, oh, but you're the head of the you know Jupiter project. What are we gonna do without you? Like clearly his yes men are still you know kind of like, oh no, what are we gonna do if you're not here? Because then who are we gonna be a yes man to? And this it's also a very Japanese like, <laughs> you know, oh this horrible thing has happened. You're gonna have to resign for this. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of just um, assumed by their side. Yeah. But yeah, I love this scene, by the so way. Then, oh, God. This. Oh, it's so well done. Like this shit. I watched this twice and I hated it twice. Because <laughs> the they zoom in on off. this motherfucker. And they just uh, he's like, oh, are you guys worried I'm going to get fired? They won't fire me. Of course I won't fire me. I'm the head of Jupiter. You know why they won't fire me? You know why that is? Or even says, why do you think that is? It's because I'm a genius. Yeah, he's I don't like, care about this. I only care about I'm I'm a cold, heartless monster who only cares about machines in space. And you know, like it's just he straight up is just like, yeah, I don't give a shit, man. Like all I care about is the data. Yeah, you need the results. The it's he, this is the Oprah scene of this series, by the way. If you haven't figured that out, uh, yeah, extremely so. More hateable than Oprah scene. Uh, yeah. What if he uh, has a dog? Doesn't though? have a dog yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> coming. I'm sure. <laughs> he's gonna like. Blow up his dog <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it further the test. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, clearly, our dog in the show is Hachi. Is he gonna blow up Hachi? Oh no! Oh no! Mm. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> He's gonna kill oh, our dog. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they they did a very good job establishing this guy as like the business monster, <laughs> and. Uh, Holy shit, yeah. So um, we cut to debris section watching the press conference. Um, his answer is the worst. So like, <laughs> like it, it comes like, to him like it, sitting down at the table with all the microphones and all the reporters sitting in a bay. They start like fucking piling on like, how did this happen? How could you do this? What are you going to do about this? 300 like, people are dead. Yeah, they do mention like... Yeah. 324 people are missing and they're like deploying rescue missions to see if any of them are alive even though they know that none of them are alive they're on the moon it's not happening also they were in a base that now is a crater plus an additional like asteroid one mile around it the the news reports have shots of it too and it's like yeah, you know, it's, visible from it, space kind of explosion. Yeah, this explosion yeah. had like went up, you know, hundreds of kilometers above the moon, with like shooting debris everywhere. It was a huge explosion. Yep. Yeah. So, um, his answer to all of this is, um, "I'm satisfied uh, with the data we collected. Uh, the next engine won't fail. Uh, no further questions." Stands up and walks off. <laughs> walks off. And Goro, back in the in the debris section room, just kind of laughs. Like, he's just kind of like, <laughs> like, that's all it is. There is Anime a realization is in his face, though. Like, yeah, uh, this, yeah. there's a certain, like, scene. sense of, like, almost respect for how brazen he is about doing this. For what a Which, fucking exactly, psychopath yeah, yeah. this man is. Yeah. Yeah. And Tanabe is, understandably, getting very upset at all of this. And Hachi's kind of lost in thought between the two of them. Yeah. Almost as if this is some kind of <laughs> or some kind of choice he has to make between the two <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. polar opposites hmm. of what to do with this situation. <laughs> it hmm. could be anything. <laughs> and so uh we cut to Goro calling back home again, explaining he won't be coming back home. He is going to go work on the Jupiter project because 
surprising no one, his wife was correct. He's doing this shit again, etc., etc. Um, and Goro kind of explains to Hachi that, yeah, seeing how ruthless that guy was and how, like, just brazen as hell he was about it, it convinced him that he's a heartless bastard and he'll do some fine work. Like, that's, like, literally his he's phrasing. So he's so focused like, on what a- happens, the, you know, the mean... Ah, I can't even speak today. He's so focused on he's what so- He's so focused on the ends that he doesn't care about Not the means, means. Yeah. like even a little bit. Yeah, he is he is a ends justify the means 1,010% motherfucker. And like well, with all of the terrible baggage that, you know, that comes also with, implies. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, like we're going to have this discussion because he does these sorts of things and justify the means several times during the rest of the series. And I'm like, shocked personally. Yeah. And like it's kind <laughs> of a, a theme that I like to explore later on because like is that necessary for space travel because space travel it will be shown several more times is very cold and heartless it's inherently incredibly dangerous it's almost like we're sending people out into the least likely place for them to live and saying good luck if if 200 (laughs) things aren't kept in perfect check and balance everyone here dies and this man just blew up a fucking base out there it's almost it's almost like the intro to the entire series was a single bolt out of place floating through the sky, taking out an entire flight of people. <laughs> like, mm. it's almost, yeah, it's like Weird. the tiniest thing could be an atrocity here. And, oh, God, yeah. So, we cut back to Hachi uh, running on the treadmill again. Um, he's kind of lost in thought about this whole thing of, uh, you know, uh, I think he has a memory of his dad saying, uh, what is it, uh, Oh, like there's no room in space for, you know, or only only men who are willing to put their own dream first are like fit to be in space or something along those lines. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's a very uh, selfish person kind of thing. And suddenly Hachi's like, yeah. hmm. Um, and Tanabe comes in and he explains the uh, naming of the Von Braun. And uh, Von Braun was like uh, one of the... He was one of the lead <clears throat> German scientists on the V2 project. On, on the V2. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the US when they fired the off the rocket. Yeah. And when one of the rockets was fired off, uh, one of the scientists said to another, like, ah, this is the birth of a spaceship, even though, you know, it was the V2 rocket. It, that it is killed. a missile explicitly to bomb Britain. Yeah. Like, it is a horrible weapon of war. Um, and Hachi just kind of has a thought of, like, I think I'm kind of the same kind of guy. <laughs> like, I and think Brian I might be a little bit that way. Yeah. And that's uh, episode 17. Uh, a lot of lot of themes coming into play. And um, We're gonna get apologies, this episode's going to be long. But yeah. there's a lot of shit happening. <laughs> With that said. Oh, boy. Ooh, episode 18. Yeah. Uh, debris section's last day, it's called. And as soon as you see that, you're like, oh, Uh-oh. shit. They're downsizing. <laughs> So, uh, we open to a newscast about the explosion, about, like, basically the massive amount of damage we've done, and we cut to, like, this big council room and people talking about how we have to distance ourselves from the project to save face, so... In Technora. So we've created a shell company that's, like, three companies away, so we don't have any liability for any of this. So, like, up to this point, Technora's been pretty open about its work with the yeah, Von Braun project. Yeah, they're like Braun the number project, one contributor but, to the Van Braun project. But now no one's going to notice if they no, just sort of slowly slip away. And what was it, like, that. Galileo Industries or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it has the most generic name in the world. It's 
<laughs> it's probably owned by a parrot inside the building. <laughs> yeah, a parrot <laughs> like out a of the Cayman Islands, secretly. of course. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as was mentioned last time, Dolph has indeed been moved from second uh, division, and unfortunately, the shitty dad asshole from the uh, the pregnancy boy episode, third division, is in charge now, and he starts talking, and Phil is understandably freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Uh, we have the opening, and then we're back in debris section. They're like, we're being disbanded. Like, Tanabe has, like, yeah, and, and Yuri have the animals in their hands and them to give them back, um, which is adorable. But yeah, they're, they're absolutely freaking out because they know they're all going to get fired because they kind of upset the new boss back in the uh, pregnancy. They, they literally episode. stuck a middle finger in his face and cut off communication with him. Yeah, so they they think their uh, their jobs are done. <laughs> Ravi's freaking out about the fact that he has uh, an ex wife and seven kids that he's gonna have to pay child it's support. A lot of child to. support. Yep. Sure is, and Fee's like, no, no, come on, guys, it's, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, and Edie's just like, I'm a temp worker, I don't, I don't care, I'll go somewhere else. The one benefit of being a temp worker. <laughs> <laughs> yup. She's just like, uh, it's fine, and Tanabe, of course, freaking out. She goes to talk to Hachi, who's on his treadmill, and he's once again. Not really paying much attention to yeah, her. She at all. she rushes in and is like, "They they disbanded us." And Hachi's like, "I yeah, I heard." Uh, uh, and she's just shocked that he is taking it like this. Yeah, Hachi well, I mean, is kind of indifferent to this whole thing throughout this yeah. entire episode. Yes, you saw a lot of like his sort of indifference in the last episode as well. Whereas here, he's just completely checked out. Yeah, yeah it's almost like he's progress. focused on something else. He's, yep. he's very different. To how he's been like prior to episode sixteen, where yep. he's been very like yelly and happy go about garbage. You'd expect him to be like really mad about all this, but no, he's he's his attention is definitely elsewhere. Um, we cut to Claire and Hakeem. They're out on another date. Um, Claire is talking once again about how she's she's basically being demoted and pushed aside, and. Uh, yeah, her life's going to shit. So she's like, well, might as well go back down to Earth and get married. Hint, hint. She then goes completely silent and, like, looks directly at him. Yeah, yeah. She is blatantly hitting on this man. Um, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, have you heard of a country called uh, Mananga? And it's a, a country in the Middle East where he's from. It's full of civil war caused by poverty and... Uh, it's so bad there that they need Into's help for a for free elections. Which Quote unquote. I'm sure Into is very helpful for that, and it, it's clear that they're kind of bonding over the fact that their countries are being. Uh, Turns out they're not so different after all. Yeah, shit on by Into. Uh, we go back to Fee and Yuri in the toybacks. They're, they're going out for one last hurrah, one last job. Um, the last day. Like, yeah, it's our last day. Let's let's go out and do a good job. That's it. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm fine. I'll just switch companies again. Because she, she worked for the small company that Dolph was in before. And she's before like, got ah, acquired. I can also, get she's like Space a Station. world hero now. Yeah, yeah. So, she can get a job anywhere. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. yeah, she could just be an inspirational, like a motivational speaker, honestly. Yep. Like, she, that would probably work. She's a hero yeah. and damn good at her job. So she can get work anywhere. Uh, we cut to uh, Ravi has uh, painted a face on his torso and is dancing like an idiot in front of all the the higher ups, making them laugh. And he's he's doing that to Brown Nose. 
And uh, yeah, earlier when they were in half section, uh, he was saying like, "Oh, we should go wine and dine the uh, manager, the new manager, in order to get better positions." And so that's what he's doing right now. Yep. Yeah, and so the guy is like, "Ah, I'm gonna give you an admin job. You're so entertaining. You're such a clown. Yeah, we'll make fun of you. You could even be a, a manager, not an assistant manager, a manager. <sighs> if you know, you entertain us all when when we big wigs come to visit and we." continues uh, there is this great scene over here where the guy's like that Dolph guy never knew how to use his human resources while Ravi who through 18 episodes has been just an absolute clown and terrible at his job brown noses him yeah um so Tadami's yelling at Hachi who is reading uh his EVA textbook because her jobs are falling apart but Hachi's just like, no, 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 come on, get, give that back. Uh, he takes it back and barely pays any attention to her. There's some yelling. useful information here, you know. I haven't <laughs> read it in like three years. Yeah, Tanabe's very upset about the fact she's losing her job. And like Hachi, again, is just not caring. And he's just focused on the Von Braun project. Yep. Yeah, and so she's like, fine, I'm going to go off and save it by myself. And uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, you have fun, honey. But bye. Uh, Ravi's now on a video call with his, uh, six billion kids. Um, oh, boy. He's, like, bragging about his promotion. Like, I could get so much money. I'm gonna be so high up. I'll get you guys wherever you want. You kids want telescopes? Yeah, yeah, telescope and video games. And one of the kids is like, are you gonna be a, a big, uh, de- de- brawler? Like, are they debris? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, no, the kid it's says debris. Debris. <laughs> funny, yeah. No, no, it's debris. To be fair, that uh, word is bullshit. It is bullshit. True. Is it French? I blame probably, the French. Probably yeah, it's probably French. French. <laughs> and he says, no, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And the kids get kind of quiet and they're like, oh, but who's going to keep space safe? And I'm like, oh, you're hitting that right on the nose. Right there, show. I got you. And Robbie's yeah. like, oh. Gagalt uh, is in the hospital with his space cancer. He's talking to Kimi on the video phone, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm fine." Kimi's like, "No, no, no, you're not fine. Get over it. You're gonna stay in the hospital." Well, um, the deal here was that they um, locksmith wanted uh, Gigalt to go on the von Braun mission, but uh, Gigalt's cancer got mega space he's, cancer. He's got yeah. space cancer. Yeah, and so like he's trying to say, "Oh, well, I really want to go, but he can't." Yeah, I think I might have missed it, but I think it's, like, at the very end of uh, episode 17, they have him, like, looking over his thing. He's like, yeah, I'd love to have him, but he's going to be dead before the project is done. And he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's another just super heartless line. Yeah, it's the reminisced a bit. And Hakeem uh, mentions he's quitting the OSA. I presume to try and join the Van Braun project. It's not mentioned explicitly. But I assume that's what he's it's doing. That's what, that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's yes. quitting to try Everybody got to go to Jupiter. Everyone wants to go to Jupiter. Um, Tanabe is outside the division director's office, like, being manhandled. And she's, like, screaming, ah, I want to talk to him. And Let me talk to the manager. We call her half-section scum. And basically of course, her out. Tanabe wants to talk to the manager. Yeah. <laughs> She's right, though. <laughs> yeah, Claire comes by and is like, you're being a fucking idiot. This is useless. What are you doing? If you're going to be from the bottom and you want to take on the top, you, you got to be smarter than that, honey. <laughs> I like this line, by the way. Yeah, the one she's like, it's like, these people are so high class. You got to, if you're trying to attack them as a lower class, you have to use unconventional means. I think is what the line was. Yeah, it yep. is. It's a pretty good line. And then um, 
Phil is putting up a banner uh, in the office. Uh, he's watching. It says forever debris section, but uh, he kind of takes a tumble. So he stands on the top of a ladder on top of the banner, tries to pull the banner, trips. So, like, we have had, I don't know, three or four different OSHA violations by this man. Yeah, this is definitely a workplace accident right here. In the span of three fine, minutes. Despite being, and like, 300 pounds. It's lower, he lower gravity. He is a workplace accident. Totally fine. Like, he is a workplace accident incarnate. That idiot falls down constantly. Oh, my God. It is probably a good thing that they put him on half section, if we're being honest. Yeah. Like, good old <laughs> slip, trip, and fall, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> like, Enid comes and helps him out when he laments about how he's going to lose his job, and he's old, and useless and how much he relies on her and, and she she has that. a moment like where she's actually looking at him with a bit more than her usual flat face as well but uh then cut to like uh, everyone you know fee ravi uh Tanabe, yuri. yuri in the toy box for the final mission ravi's looking all sad and he's depressed about what his kids said he's looking at the photo of them and he mentions ah, we're all just corporate drones aren't we and, uh, and then Fee asked permission to change their mission. Uh, I don't know what they were originally going to go out and It was get, just a hauling mission, but yeah. now but they heard a distress something. signal. Yeah, there's a 20-year-old workboat that's kind of lost all its power. Um, so they dock to it. They like open the hatch, check the pressure's good. Pressure energy is good, but life system's down. <laughs> little, little detail I love, by the way. When they're discussing the ship that sent the uh, distress signal... Ravi at one point's like, yeah, it's like what I used to work on back in the day. And Sophie's like, yeah, so an old piece of shit. And he's like, hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not yeah, wrong, but you don't like... have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old toy box. But uh, yeah, they're like, oh, are there survivors? And they, they find some people in spacesuits arguing. And oh, look, it's the uh, unlicensed film crew guys that we saw Way back then. Back in the hostage situation. Well, it's not back just them. There's actually a captain on that ship, but the yeah, film crew dudes are in there on the ship. Arguing with the captain. Yeah, arguing with the, car- the captain. And um, so they're going to grab him. And then Fee notices some debris out. Uh, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, while we're here, we're debris haulers. There's some debris. Let's, let's go get it. Day. Why don't we just go uh, pop that out? Yeah, go get it. Um, and Tavi's like talking to the film guy who's like talking about how he makes this to make all this money, and she's like berating him for doing shady shit for money. Yeah, he's like, I got into making, di- I figured I'd become a reporter once I got your footage and sold it for a large amount of money. Yeah, his guerrilla film he sold to a news company, and now he thinks he's a documentarian. So, yep. And to be fair, he's found some shit. But then suddenly, like, Fee's like yelling at Control, who are like, don't pick up that debris, and she's like, but it's debris. And they're like, don't pick up that debris. We, we are telling you to ignore this debris. And it cuts in on it. And the uh, third division manager is standing in the background, kind of just staring menacingly at them. Yeah, so, like, it's clear this is straight from the top they're, shady yeah, shit. Yeah, they're not giving a reason. They're just like, don't pick up that debris. And Fee's like, why? And they're like, don't pick it up. That's why. And then they cut <laughs> Um, so the film guys explain there's a rumor that Into has been leaving mines disguised as debris. Um, it's, they call it a passive data mine that burns out a ship's flight systems. So it hacks your Wi-Fi and turns off your microwave, basically. <laughs> yeah, the Wi-Fi SSID is FBI party van. Don't go near them. <laughs> And so the film crew guy's like, yeah, we heard, yeah, we, we heard about this. We came out to see and oops, our ship got fried. Um, 
Maybe a bit more than a rumor. Whoops. So Fee's like, well, we it's we gotta grab it. It's an emergency flight pass for Russia and the EU. Um, Robbie's like, no, 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 no. Our bosses have told us not to, and you know we're we're loyal employees. We can't go against them because he he wants to keep his admin job that he's been promised. Um, and Fee's like. But, you know, if things are pretending it's debris, we can't really get mad if we treat it like debris. Fee has throughout Tapping the series been very, very good <laughs> about using all of the corporate bullshit and rules against it. And she is literally about to do, like, international espionage as, hey, look, you threw it in the garbage can. What do you want? <laughs> it's garbage now. I definitely didn't know what that was. Like, they explain the minds must work by detecting that like, communication changes. Basically, when you come nearby, it, it sees your... It EMP pulses you. Yeah, it sees your something and it, and it gets you. So it's going to have to be someone in a spacesuit alone without a line, because they don't have a line that extends that far. And, of course, Hachi being on uh, this kick right now volunteers immediately to go out and do that. Someone literally goes, it's an S-class EVA mission, and Hachi sort of, like, perks up. Like, oh. I need one of those for an achievement. <laughs> it's the last thing for the platinum. <laughs> um, so your explains are gonna they're gonna put a device to feed the mind false data, and everyone except Ravi is trying to get this done. He's like, no, 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 stop. He's he's like starting with his nice guy act, but then very clearly going like, you guys aren't doing this right. You're not fucking doing this right. <laughs> And, and Fee's like, come on, there's more to life than your job, Ravi. But Ravi's like, I have seven children. Uh, I need the money if I'm going to send them to private school and, and give them the stuff they need in order to get a better education and just have a better life. I don't like, get to like see them. He gets like a whole speech, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. He like talks about his individual kids. He's like, my daughter, she's so bright. She wanted to get a telescope, but I need to get that for her. And like, he spends a solid like minute and a half talking about this. And then the response from Fee is just kind of like, I'm doing yep, it anyway. Sure, whatever. Okay, yeah. back to business. Yeah, yeah but people's like, lives here. Like it's clear that he's been doing this for quote unquote the right reasons, but I mean, in his defense, he's the most tied down, I guess, of any of them in yes. terms of like needing a job. Oh yeah, like, like it's it's fair that he is saying all this, but when it comes down to it, there are lives at stake here. He, he has seven <laughs> kids that he clearly loves a whole lot, and he never gets to see them, so money is kind of. All he can do. All he can do. And he's like, I don't want to be fired. But yeah, there's a slight pause. And then Fee's like, yep, go ahead. Off we go. And she says, even if we're going to be disbanded, we're still debris hollows right now. So they got to they save lives. Um, back on the satellite, uh, the the dad asshole. <laughs> the third section chief. Yes. He's still a dad asshole, but He's no. a dad asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Look, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, why don't I just use that emergency shutdown function we fit in every ship since the terrorist attacks? You remember those that bombed all the cigarette rooms? Uh, mm. But it requires your password, Phil, who is, um, yeah, he's... Uh, he and Edelgard have basically been hauled in front of yeah. uh, the chief to be <clears> like, hey, look, we need you to just shut this ship down real quick. Could you just... Just put in your password real real quick there. You, you don't you won't have forgotten your password. I know you're useless, but even you know your password. Uh do you get a brief shot of Hatchy out in space as Phil hovers over the keypad, he starts stalling, he's like, Oh, I, I forgot my card, I'm I'm so so old, my memory's gone. Maybe it was my anniversary so, or something. So bad, and he's, he's just got this little shitting grin on her face. 
He's finally doing something. <laughs> I don't understand why Phil just doesn't type in the wrong password like five times and get himself locked out. <laughs> does, does that work in space? I mean, no. I would assume so. It's <laughs> <laughs> so not two-factor uh, authentication space anymore. <laughs> Need to go to his mobile phone. But uh, yeah, Hatchy does the maneuver and he grabs up the line and everyone's like, yeah, wow, that was amazing, Hatchy. Woo, good job. So they latch the ship onto the mine. Uh, unfortunately, the device they were using to feed the mine false info starts denying them access because, oops, new second division director has uh, control of that. I can't yeah. shut off your ship, but I can shut off your Wi-Fi, and that's just as good because that can shut off your ship now. I, like, I don't understand, like, the whole thing with turning off the ship, like, that's a plot point that comes up later again. But, like, the turning off the Navstar access to them, like, I don't know how he has the strings to pull for that. But, sure. It's, look, we gotta keep up in the stakes here. Yeah. yeah. So he's, like, he's glowing. He's, like, you gotta let go or you'll die in space. And Phil is understandably upset about this guy, like, telling them his crew are gonna die in fucking space. He tries to grab the headset, but is he's knocked down and... God, the asshole makes this, like, speech that basically boils down to, uh, I can make money from them and not from you. Isn't capitalism great? Yeah, yeah. he's saying that, like, the Bree section doesn't get him any money, but by having shit up in space like this, he can collect it later. I, his speech doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's more just, haha, I am evil, fuck you. It, it's very much like, you guys who just haul trash and take it in, there's no money in that, but I can pull shady shit. Isn't capitalism grand? And uh, Phil gets up and attacks him. Uh, Fuck yeah, Phil. The other person is with Edie, and Edie's like, well, we're one minute past the hour. That means I'm off the clock now. I'm not employed by you anymore. And fucking kicks him. And it is amazing. The whole scene in the director's office is incredible. She roundhouse kicks him, and it's great. But then, like, they're in the office above control, and people in control, like, notice, and they're like, Oh shit, did she just kick that guy? Should, should we call Yeah, security? like it makes this big thud sound as like the guy hits the plate glass window and everybody now in control section just looks up and sees this dude like laid out as she's kicking him. <laughs> and it's so, so good. good. So the crew and the toy box are, are listening to this, like because of course the headset, they were they were talking, so they, they hear Phil and then Edie uh, fighting with security. Ram has a moment where he looks over the photo of his kids and he thinks about what they said to him about how being debris hauler makes space safe and what a good job it is and he, he silently floats off. Uh, we get this great brief shot of uh, Phil and Edie's security where Phil is like being manhandled by four of them and Edie has just like got this guy in the arm grip and is like, are you not taking me seriously because I'm a woman? <laughs> She's like kicking their ass. She straight up has this guy in like an arm lock and like the other dudes are like uh, not sure what to do with her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, come at me, bro. Come on. Um, so Hachi was like trying to break into the mine to try and get the ship out, but he can't. It's like too strong. There's only 10 minutes of emergency power left. Nothing's working, so Fee's about to, to give up. When the, they hear the arm starting to move, you just hear, like, like some stuff moving. The arm from the other ship. Yeah, and so they're like, uh, wait, I'm not doing that. I don't have control over that. And it turns out Ravi is over in the workship uh, working manually because he does... Uh, he did that in an earlier episode. He does have the qualifications for it. And these yeah. old piece of yeah. shit ships don't have the smart arm on them. <laughs> they don't need the phone in the U.S. East one. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he, he's yeah he's actually able to use this one, which is a great Ravi move of, like, wait, 
the one thing I can do in space. Holy shit. Yes, yeah, probably time. Let's <laughs> I know go. exactly how this one works. <laughs> so uh, Hatch is like, smash the mine. But then the second director, uh, the new second director, comes in on the phone and is like, I'm going to take away your fucking job. You're going to get fired. You're going to have no money. I'm going to blacklist you in space. Good fucking luck as you do this. Like, uh, being in any company ever. And Ravi's like, well, I know as a company man, I should listen to you, but you know what? I'm kind of screwed either way, so I'm a debris hauler right now. Might as well keep safe space safe for my kids. And he smashes the mine and woo! Uh, so yeah, of course, the third director is very upset and Phil is very psyched. There is this great scene also where Edel, Edel has now been subdued by like four women security officers. <laughs> Yeah, she was that. making threats earlier, like saying that she was going to sue them for sexual harassment or something. Yes, so yes, I guess they called them the, the girl phone, cops. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get the girl bosses <laughs> in. And uh, so Rami's like, well, it's all party tonight and we're all getting fired. Let's let's go out with style. And um, then we get like a, a quiet shot where uh, Hachi uh, comes back in the ship and He's clearly thinking about stuff. And Tanami comes in all cheerful. It was and, amazing. You uh, did it without your computer. Incredible. away at him. Like, yeah, you're so amazing. He's, like, clearly thinking about something else. And then she's just like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I'm quitting the company. I'm not going to be a debris hauler anymore. And that's it. Then yeah, the episode just ends right there on that. And she's, yeah. like, staring at him because that's not something she would expect of him to say. No? Well, yeah. And I, I just love how many times this show over the course of these three episodes is like kind of just been very matter of fact about all of this stuff. Like it's very realistic. Of oh, yeah. How these situations come to pass. Like yep. it's rarely a big, grand, momentous a thing. It's just one person saying one line to another person. And it's weighty and heavy because of the situation and because of the characters. And then and it like, just sinks in because they got to process it. Yeah. Like... It's the good show to show is that because the grand finale, like the final climax of the entire series is in this manner. Oh boy. And it's really good. I like the way, like, cause it kind of gives a point to the entire themes of the series. I like, I can't say too much without spoiling it for you guys, but it's very well done. I like We're getting it. there. Like yeah. not too Just much like, left. As like a show having kind of the minimalism of real situations of impactful and like pivotal moments is really bold and i kind of like appreciate that they do go for it because like they've been doing it here and there occasionally like we've brought up the lack of sound and how effectively they use that yep. like multiple times throughout the show and y- yeah it feels like it's a thing they're very like doing on purpose repeatedly to kind of like make a point of it and uh yeah it's just really i don't know it's really bold to have the big punctuation and the big like dramatic points be Kind of nothing. Yep. Like, kind of having yes. them intentionally be nothing to some degree. Well, sort of yeah. like a brick right at the end of the episode where you're suddenly like, wait, really? Yeah, because, like, a lot of animes, like, the main characters are the pivotal person that does the pivotal thing to, you know, figure out what the climax to the problem is. This series, like, a lot of stuff just happens to them, and they're just, you know, small players in a more, a bigger story. And it's about what they actually want in their lives and yeah. how they can ride these waves out. Yeah, it's really well done. And that's one of the reasons I really like the series is because like it isn't like a lot of shonens where like I'm the main character, all I do all the cool stuff. You know, it's just they're trying to live their lives and stuff's happening around them. There's also a lot of crappy people on all sides, huh? Oh well, that yeah. Too, yeah. I mean that's real life. <laughs> that's very true life, yeah. <laughs> yep. 
weird. It's almost like there's something called the cobra effect, I believe, that uh, <laughs> is, you know, if you accidentally incentivize bad behavior, then the absolute worst people get to the top. It's the strangest thing. Could be anything. <laughs> could, Maybe. You know, could be anything. Could be related to any kind of capitalism. You know, hey, who knows? <laughs> Who's could say? Oh, God. Yeah, so next time it'll be uh, episodes 19, 20, and 21, and we're getting so close. Oh, huh? yeah. Do you guys like yeah. Locksmith? <laughs> Hope you I like Locksmith. not the word. I hate I mean, him, facts. <laughs> I'm excited to see more of how they portray the intensity of the ruthlessness of the coldness of this man, because they have done such a good job just framing him up and like, Damn, the line where he just straight up says, like, yeah, I don't really care, man. I just want the data. I'm a genius. Like, they do, like, a partial fisheye up close to this motherfucker. Yes. They make sure you get, like, this is how this yeah, fool thinks. Yeah, he's slightly off. This, this is a ghost-in-the-shell-ass shot that they have of him when they show his... Yeah. When he is about to give his villain monologue here. And the thing like, is, like, he's not he's really right. a villain in the series. Like, sure, he gets, you know, 30,000 people killed or whatever, but, you know, like... <laughs> Uh, the, the, well, no, no, but that's what I mean. Like he, he understands completely that he is in a position that he can kill these people. He knew it was a possibility. He did it anyway because the data yeah. was more important to him, and he's not going to get a comeuppance for it. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is like the series doesn't like say, "Oh, this guy is a bad dude. He's a villain. He should be hated." They just like show him and what he does, and that's it. Like there's no oh, real yeah. judgment he, on what he, goes he's on. He's not the third director guy who's a bit cartoonishly evil, but. Yes. Not an unrealistic way, honestly. But. All of the, like, when I say villain, it isn't, like, in the same, you know, shonen anime kind of way. He is just, like, this antagonistic force. That he's is just a bastard. Doing his, uh, that, he's, that just is, a he's just, he's a, just a bad man. <laughs> yeah. This bad guy shit. Yeah. But like, he's, he's the just engineer being. who's making the trip to Jupiter happen, <laughs> which is going to help all of humanity much like von braun he's probably going to be remembered as a hero despite the nazi shit despite the fact yep. he's a nazi yeah and that's like, a very deliberate reason why they named the ship the von braun i mean it's kind of oh, ham-fisted yeah. in a way but yeah <laughs> it's ham-fisted <laughs> but this show does ham-fisted really really well is the thing yeah also they like it, they kind of established that it's far enough in the future that there's a chance not everyone would instantly get that connection. Oh, yeah. today, no, I, could, I could believe we, that. I, we already I like I mean today a lot of shit is named after Von Braun. Like it's already happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. Naming yeah. a rocket ship the Von Braun to go to Jupiter is the most natural thing in the world. Like, that makes sense. I mean like think of all the other space probes out there like Galileo and shit like, you know. He was only a Nazi when he was killing people. He wasn't a Nazi when he sent a rocket into space. Mm. that's uh. kind of how history remembers him like that's uh. how i was taught about well, him in school i mean how many nazi scientists were picked up by the uk and the us yep. after, after in russia the war. yeah like all yeah, of them in russia yeah yep. like they were all snapped up that's completely because believable. of a genius that's why mm. <laughs> because of a he's, genius that's why they'll right. let me he's they'll too let it slide. big to fail he's too important for them to fire <sighs> yep I mean, he is the key to the Jupiter mission. They named yeah. the key to the Jupiter mission Locksmith. <laughs> Gundam ass name right there. Well, when you told us Tanabe's name, what that means, I think we realized right then that uh, this show is maybe not so subtle with its naming conventions. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, it's got so many other things it does with such great care and subtlety that yep. 
when they hit with these Hideo Kojima ass <laughs> names. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready for someone to be named Hot Cold Men. Or like, my name's The Fear because I scare people. Blah. That, that's, <laughs> just, that's just shown in anime. I mean, Armstrong because he has strong arms. <laughs> King Bradley because he's the Fear. <laughs> it's just oh, what God. they do. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah. Till next time. I oh man. Oh boy. What a what a series of episodes. Yeah. Till next time. Space anime, I suppose. <laughs> as much as it can be called, so. Boy, howdy.